Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Tower cleared. Welcome to Space 3D. We recently had the opportunity to interview individuals who conducted research, operated, or who served as research volunteers on the old Johnsville Centrifuge, a.k.a. the Dynamic Flight Simulator, which was located on the now-closed Naval Air Development Center in Warminster, Pennsylvania. Why, you may ask, is Space 3D talking centrifuges? Well, there is a space connection. NASA used the Johnsville Centrifuge for training X-15, Project Mercury, Project Gemini, and Apollo astronauts, and a handful of space shuttle pilots. In the conclusion of our series on the Johnsville Centrifuge, we'll discuss researcher gratitude for volunteers willing to endure some not-so-pleasant things while riding in the centrifuge. We'll also discuss enduring volunteer safety. We'll also discuss ensuring volunteer safety during acceleration exposures on the centrifuge, and we'll round robin with funny stories recalled from working on the centrifuge research projects. Finally, we'll briefly recall an interesting experiment on near-death experiences that made our interviewees TV stars in several documentaries. I said a while back, we couldn't get any of this done without volunteers. If the volunteers don't have a positive experience, then they don't come back, and then they don't tell their friends, and then it's hard for us to get more volunteers. And, and as Linda Lips said, there there was a an element of pain to this. You you had to put up with particular hemorrhaging. You had to you had to deal with uh, blood pulling in your joints, um, and just just some of the workouts we went through. You know, in just training for some of this stuff, you'd be in there. I mean, pulling pulling a lot of G's over a thirty to forty five minute ride was, you know, sometimes you come back to your desk and just want to sleep. And it had to be safe. We put up with stuff, but in the end, I mean, the, I mean, I, I remember I, I had a, I spent a couple hours over at Willow Grove at the clinic getting X rayed because they wanted to look at the spine, and you know, they 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 knew everything about us as far as physically. So, you know, the better question may be, uh, are there any long-term effects? I mean, is, is anybody having any kind of issues today because of something that we may have done 30 years ago? Do we have spinal issues? Do we have neck issues? And I know I do. I don't know if it's from that, but I, I certainly do have neck pain. And I just have x-rays done recently where, you know, that it looks like my discs are like a little bit compacted in, in part of my lower neck. So whether that was from the centrifuge or not, I don't know. But that's a, you know, a good question. I, I wonder if anybody else has any kind of long-term effects or have we ever heard of anything like that? When I played football, we, we were taught to spear. So I... I have three vertebrae that were cracked, and they knew about it when I went into the centrifuge. And I played football with concussions, so I, I attribute a lot of you know the forgetfulness and stuff like that to you know, basically that kind of stuff. But 
you know, long-term effects, I don't, I can't think of anything I've had. I mean, it's possible. But then again, my Barry is, he didn't say on this one, but we never really psychologically baseline the subjects. Right. Because we were getting repeat, we were getting repeated ischemic insults to the higher functioning parts of the brain, the surface. So, um, I guess that, that, that would be a question. You know, it's, it's, Particularly for musculoskeletal things, it, it's hard to point to centrifuge exposure, you know, when you were relatively young and be able to definitively say that there was a cause and effect because all of us, as we get older, have neck pain and back pain yeah. and joint pain. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's just a consequence of being human. Mm-hmm. And, uh, age. <laughs> age and uh, having children because that's why your neck hurts. <laughs> and um, I, had, I had three kids after I got knocked out a bunch of times in the centrifuge, so I think that I did okay. <laughs> I mean, we can, you know, look back uh, at uh, you know, some of the folks that uh, – you know, that I've worked with over the years that, that had lots and lots of exposures, even more than Steve. Mm-hmm. You know, the most you can say about those folks is they have strange senses of humor. <laughs> <laughs> well, that actually helps when you're in the centrifuge. Yeah. Some, it, it just, you, need to have, you need to have a sense of humor doing all that stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, Don't you have to have a sense of humor to volunteer in the first place? Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Well, I was actually going to ask, do you have, does anybody have any funny things that you remember, you know, funny stories about this? And maybe it'll be folks like John or Barry that were running a lot of these programs over the years. But I'm just curious if anything you'd, you'd want to share. Well, I, I was in there one day when there was, when it started up, there was a bit of a problem and the thing took off. <laughs> and I was rolled pretty much totally on my side and the, I was slamming the red button and nothing was working. And it took a few seconds before they figured out what was wrong and, and they stopped it. And when they stopped, I was hanging sideways in the seat and it was, it was pretty cool. Cause they, they, they ran out in the chamber. There was a rope they hooked up and, and pulled the arm around and got me out, checked everything out and went back in and off we went. You know, it was, it was kind of weird because you, know, you always trust that red button to stop you, and when you're slamming it, it's not moving, it's not doing anything. Yeah, lots of things get through your mind. <laughs> Somebody asked a question about safety, and this is kind of a we um, we had an uh, inspector general's inspection or audit or whatever you want to call it, and um, I was a mechanical engineer. We built the the payloads and we basically fixed things that would break on the centrifuge on the mechanical side. And the crew that came in for the inspector general's office was asking just a ton of questions about how we design payloads and what we're doing for safety. And, you know, I sat with them for probably close to an hour and just answered question after question about how we did things and why we knew it was safe. And, you know, after all that time, we get towards the end and the guy's like, well, how do you know that's good enough? I mean, the bottom line is, how do you know that all this stuff you do is good enough? Like, well, I'm also a test subject, so I get in there and ride it, 
<laughs> and if it wasn't, if I didn't think it was safe, I probably wouldn't do that. Right. And that was, and he said, he closed his book. He goes, well, if you're going to write it, then I guess what you're doing is safe enough. Well, and I'll tell you, you know, I pile it on to what John just said. When you got in there and that thing, you were starting to pull some G's, you would hear metal creaking, and it was kind of cool. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it flexed. Well, that was one of the things that kind of got me started riding it was um, we'd get test subjects that were in there, and they would report like a strange noise. So we would – Go in, you know, okay, well, let's make sure everything's okay. We go check everything out. And, okay, well, we had Fred, the dummy that weighed 220 pounds or so, and we'd put him in the seat and strap him in, and, and we'd move the microphone around the inside the gondola, and we'd try to pick up this noise that the subject was reporting to try to figure out what's giving us this strange noise. And... uh Frankly, it just became easier to get in and ride it and like, okay, it's off to the right down on the bottom there. Let's Now we know where to look because noise, you know, inside of a little tiny ball, you know, a 10-foot diameter ball, it, noise kind of bounced around an awful lot, so it would be relatively hard to isolate. We would get those reports of strange creaks and groans and, um, you know, sometimes it was nothing and sometimes it was something. So... We broke a lot of really weird stuff in there, so mostly like mostly like equipment that that uh, project people would bring in. That you know, it'd be one of a kind prototype, and we'd put it in there, and we wouldn't even get to their project. We'd destroy it just testing to make sure that we're it was going to hold up. So, we also found out when it wasn't grounded properly. Yeah, that's true too. I was the ground on one of them. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. Felt like my helmet was full of bumblebees. I think that was like I think the board, if I remember, yeah. that was like a circuit board that would bend, and it would send power to the to the probes that were hooked to the subject. Right, that was, yeah. it was fun. But it wouldn't do it until you got to like five G. Right, and you're in there going ow ow ow. But no, yeah. <laughs> I was aware. I believe Jim Winery when he was there did a study about near-death experiences or something? I, I may be misremembering we were this. filmed I mean, for a show. It's called Arthur C. Clarke. No, um, that, was the, yeah. that was the IT, the ITC one where they oh, did okay. uh, Beyond. No, Arthur C. Clarke was there. There, um, there we were did, five shows that came in through there. Yeah, we did a bunch of them. But one yeah, of the them one was that, basically the parallels between a, a G loss of consciousness and uh, near death experience. Near death, yes, and that the descriptions of what people went through were very similar. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I wrote that one for them, and I remember, you know, the the, the, the on site producer he pulled me aside. He's like, "Can you go? Can you go unconscious for us?" And <laughs> as much as we tried, it never went. So, so they cut in some other pretty cool ones from I think an Air Force centrifuge, but. And and actually, Doc Winery, some of his G-Logs. But, oh. yeah, we, yeah, we we were in there. We were on TV a bunch of times. But when you think about it, you, so we were talking about G-Loss of Conscious earlier, you know, how your your vision tunnels down, and, you know, basically it looks like you're looking through a tube, and, it, and then you lose color. Um, and, you know, and when you wake up, yeah, it is kind of bright in there because you've just been in the dark. So... You know, when you hear people talk about their near-death experiences, that their their vision kind of focused down to the middle, 
and everything went gray on them, and then everything went black, and they they could hear things, but they couldn't perceive them or function or interact. Um, that's kind of what you, Steve was explaining about ALOC, that, you know, he was aware of what was going on, but he couldn't do anything about it. Um, so there were a lot of, they talked about a lot of those parallels that, you know, but it really is kind of the same thing. You know, the heart stops beating, the blood stops flowing to the to your brain. Well, when you're in the centrifuge and the heart's not a strong enough pump to get the blood up to the brain, essentially your brain is sense is getting the same thing, a lack of oxygen because it's it's not getting perfused. So, you know, it's the the cause is kind of similar. Thank you all very much. This is really cool. Does anyone have any final thoughts before we sign off? Well, I learned stuff today that I didn't know, so I thought it was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, thanks again, and it was uh, it was really a treat to spend some time with Steve and Linda and John and, and Linda again. So pre- appreciate you uh, organizing this. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Space 3D, which concludes Season 5 of the podcast. For Emily Carney and Tom Hill, this is Eleanor Rangers for Space 3D.